Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. But I just want to share this with you because I feel like we need a warning. You know, one of the things that's happened during this uh, this uh, coronavirus has been... Uh, the uh, uh, it seems like we have an abundance of encouragement. Everybody wants they're speaking, they're speaking encouragement, you know, and rightly so, you know, because it's a tough time. There's no doubt about it. But I want to share with you that <clears throat> I've been meditating on a principle that's rarely addressed in the church because it's a bit of an uncomfortable one. And uh, I think all of us would readily agree that uh, when God gives us a revelation or an instruction, that when we obey that, that it makes available to us a blessing, that, that, there's a, that God leads us in the paths of righteousness. So when there is an instruction or a direction or a revelation that comes via the Holy Spirit or by the Word, and it confirmed there that, that when we obey, there is a positive result. But, but here's the thing, that when you look at that principle, the, the opposite is just the same. And this is where I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to say a warning to us. The same thing is true when you receive a revelation or an instruction or a direction from the Word of God, and you do not obey that in the same way that obedience will bring forth the blessing of God, the favor of God, disobedience will set you up to basically where the next time you don't hear it as well, you don't hear it as well, you don't hear it as well, you see, if you want to know what's happening in our nation, all we are dealing with collectively today is the fact that some 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, we began not to hear the Word of God. You see, uh, the, in the 60s, there was the God is dead. And so there was a, it swept across the college campuses, and so, so people believed the lie rather than the truth. And, and then as that, that went a little bit further, th then there was this, this problem with sexuality. Th then marriage. See, the things that, that the world has rejected has intensified in the world so that now we're at the point where we have this mass confusion and everything is all right and nothing is the truth. And I'm simply saying that to say to you today, if God is speaking to you about something, if God has given you some revelation, if, if you in your quiet time God has been speaking to you about something, obey Him. Because not obeying Him is not neutral. Just as obedience draws you closer to Him, disobedience 
lead you away from him. You see, many, many folks that deny God today were once believers. How did that happen? Because they denied the truth of the word of God one lie at a time. And they found themselves. Listen, it's important when God speaks to us that we obey if God's calling you to repentance today, I pray you'll not leave here without repentance. If God's calling you to, to, to do something, to say something, to give something, to, in some way, obey him. Because, it, you know, I, I read as I was praying this week, I was reading an article about words because that's where we're going to be today. And the writer of this article, well-meaning, godly man, said words are neutral. It's how you use them that signifies whether they're good or bad. I, I totally and completely disagree with There's no such thing as a neutral word. Every word bears a weight. You, you know, it's like I could say to Morgan, Morgan, you're ugly. Now, now, you know, he may say, oh, I'm just a joke, you know. You but the reality is that words are powerful. And one of my goals is to change your yeah, but to say what? I pray that happens in your life today as we look at these uh, instructions that I feel like the Lord is, has given us as we, as we move through these things. Amen. We talked about in the beginning with associations. Be not deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Take it from an old man. I'm here to tell you, hang with the wrong people. You're not going to change them. More likely they're going to change you if you stay with them. I've seen it over and over and over again. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Then the second week, we talked about information. We talked about the things that we say. I mean, the things that we hear and the things that we see, how they have an effect. You know, the word says that which goes into the mouth cannot defile because it goes into the stomach and it's dealt with in that realm. But the things that go into our eyes and the things that go into our hear and our ears go into our heart. And that's where the problem is in the midst of that. So we're going to talk this morning about declarations. I want your yell butt to become what? Say what? I believe what I'm going to say today is going to be shocking to some of you. And I believe that's all right. See, I believe that that church is not only to be a place of safety, and it should be. But if you'll look and study the ministry of Jesus and of the apostles, there was always confrontation in their life. Not just from the hearer toward the speaker, but from the speaker toward the hearer. Not malicious. Not vindictive, but informative and confrontive. You see, the, the thing that has to happen in the Christian faith, 
for our faith to increase, there's something, because we do not have, the fact of it is my Bible says this, that nothing good dwells in any one of us. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Well, you know, I'm not all that bad. Yes, you are, if you listen to the Word of God. Now, if you listen to your friends around you, maybe you're not all that bad, but the Word of God says there is no good thing that dwells in me. Fact of it is, it says my heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can even know it? I mean, it's so bad, I don't even know how bad it is. See, I'm talking about dealing with the reality. I had a reality check this week. You know, last, uh, last week uh, I made the statement about, about uh, how people are so prone to use uh, uh, profanity on their Facebook pages and just in their conversations. I'm amazed that I listen to people and the words that they say. You know, many of those words are, were, were cuss words in my generation that are just slang today. I mean, just everybody says it. They say it anywhere. They, it, it doesn't matter if they're in mixed company. It doesn't matter what they, I mean, they just. And, and so I was talking with one of our ladies this week, and, and, and she said, you know, when you ask that question, what do people think when they hear somebody that is in church and, in, in one word, they're talking about how good God is, and then in the next word, they're using profanity. And to that, this lady said, you know what the world says? Said, that's a real person. They just really live in life because they know how it is in the world, and yet they are serving God. And I thought, dear Lord, I must be completely out of touch. Because to me, my Bible says that what I say is to be representative of who I am. And who I am is a child of the King, the Son of the Most High God, the one who saved me and redeemed not only my soul, but my mouth as well in the midst of that. Well, it was an eye-opener for me. What is a declaration? I like this second part of that definition, and this is from your dictionary. It says this, the formal announcement of the beginning of a state or condition. Now, what I'm going to try to teach us today is this, that the words that come out of your mouth the declarations that you make, good or bad, are setting the condition or the state of your being. Now, please hear me. I'm not talking about name it and claim it. I'm not talking about blab it and grab it. I'm talking about biblical principles that boldly declare the words that come out of your mouth, the words that come out of my mouth, set the stage for my entire life. Say what? That's exactly right. I'm going to show you that biblically. That when you 
idly run off at the mouth, you're setting a stage for your life to play out on. I'll show you that biblically as we go through that, okay? All right, now let's look at some things. A declaration is words spoken. Blah, 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 blah. You know how it is. Every word has power. Every word has power. Secondly, every word will be judged. <laughs> Here it is. You want to read it? Matthew 12, 36, 37 says, I say to you that every careless word that men shall speak, they shall render account for it in the day of judgment. Can you say amen or oh me? Every word spoken. Now look at the next verse that comes after that. For by your words you shall be justified and by your words you shall be condemned. Look at it in the Message Bible. Let me tell you something every one of these Careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. Would you say with me, ladies and gentlemen, that words are powerful? If you don't recognize that, now you're saying what the Word of God says is not so. See, what we've done with the Word of God is we've quit believing it as it really is, and we have wanted it to be compatible to what I want it to say. So I don't read the parts that bring conviction because I just want to be comforted. But the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that you and I are powerful individuals. I want to show you something from the Word of God. Look at this right here. Now this is out of Genesis 1-1 and for sake of time I'm just going to summarize this. Verse 3 says, then God said. Verse 6 says, and God said. Verse 9 says, and God said. Verse 11 says, God said. Verse 14 says, God said. And guess what verse 20, 24, 26, and 29 says, And God said, now notice with me, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and the evening and the morning and the sixth day. Now here's what I want to ask you. So he spoke, and then he saw. Is that right? So can we agree that something happened when he spoke? This means yes, this means no. We can agree that when God spoke, something happened. Something creative happened. Something came out of nothing and became something. Do you see that? Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, let's look at this. So can we agree that he, what he spoke is what he saw? What did he see when he said, let there be light? What did he say when he talked about the seas and setting the boundaries on that? He saw the seas and the boundaries set. He saw what he said. 
Are we in agreement thus far? Now, I know you're sitting out there and you're saying, yeah, but that was God. You know what you're saying? Some of you said, this means yes. And this, you know, an honest confession is good for the soul. This means yes. And this means no. So, that's right. But let me show you something else about the creation. Notice this verse. Genesis 1.26 said, now this is all in the same context. Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image according to what? So man was made according and in the likeness of who? Hmm. Do you find that interesting? Look at this. This is the verse following that 26, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. New American Standard says God created man in his, his what? Like the cattle, like the sheep, like your pickanese. No, no, whose image did God create us in? In his own image. Now notice what it's, oh, let me back up there. <clears throat> I think this is important in this society that we live in. Man created, man is, God created man in his own image, in the image God created him. Male and female, he created them. It is not male, female, and 55 other sexual orientations. I'm sorry. Now, let me, all right, let's back up. Remember what I was talking about in the beginning? So if I come along now and I acknowledge all of this other stuff, I'm saying the Word of God is not true. So I'm saying that the Word of God is not true because the Word of God says this. Now, if I'm over here saying this, guess what? I'm disobedient to what the Word says. Now, guess what? That just opens me up for more deception. Say, what? Pay attention. Holy Ghost going to work on you a little bit. Now notice this. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Subdue it. And rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds and over the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So what does it mean when you were created image of God? First of all, you have the reason to think, you have the ability to think and reason. Secondly, you have the ability to make a choice. Thirdly, you have been given authority. And fourthly, you've been given creative ability. Now remind me again, how did God create the heavens and the earth? By his spoken word. Now, if you're created in his image and I'm created in his image, guess what I have in my words? Creative power. Say what? Yes, yes, yes. See, that's how he made you and me like him. We are created in his image. Image. He's given us authority. He's given us the ability to create in the same way that he did by our words. So what I say sets the stage. Woo, I love it when you look at me like that. <laughs> say what? 
All right, I'm going to show you in the Word of God that your words shape your world. Can you say amen? All right. Here we go. All right. In the same way that God created, we create. How did God create? By His spoken word. Now notice, this is just some verses leading up. I mean, leading up to that killer verse. Hallelujah. Proverbs 18, 20, with the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. Derek's job's coming to an end in a few days. And out of his mouth better be saying, Lord, thank you for my new job. It's going to be a better job than I had before. Not, oh, God, help me. I'm about to lose my job. My wife's going to hate me. I'm not going to feed them. Now, what, 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 what world do you want? What, what world does this word promise you? Did Jesus say that he came that you might be miserable Hungry, broken? No, he said, I came that you might have life and even that more abundantly. Say what Jesus said. Let the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart be acceptable unto him. Because he's listening. Do you know there's a verse that says in the Bible that when you speak, angels are dispatched to fulfill your word? What? You don't mean that. Yes, I do mean that. Let me show you another verse. Proverbs 18, 21. New American Standard Bible says this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Look at this one. I like this one out of the day's English version. What you say can preserve life or destroy. So you must accept the consequence of your words. Here it is in the Message Bible, Proverbs 18, 21, says this. says, words kill, words give life. They either poison, uh, they're either poison or fruit, you choose. You see, ladies and gentlemen, you just cannot deny the fact that words are powerful. Your declaration. See, here it is. Go back to that definition. What is it? De- uh, declaration is a speaking a declaring the beginning of an event or a condition. So when, when I declare what the Word says, I am setting in motion the world according to my words. Ah, y'all are quite today. How about Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt, let no unwholesome, King James says corrupt word proceed from your mouth, only that which is good, such a word is as good for education according to the need of the moment, so that may have grace to those that hear. Proverbs 25.11, like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in the right time. That just means words are worth a whole lot. Proverbs 21, 23 says, He who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from trouble. How many ever got yourself in trouble by talking too much? You talk too much, you worry me to death. You talk too much, you even worry my pet. Remember that song? 
The ability to control our whole life is founded in our ability to control our tongue. And you said, what? Because, now, this is something that, this is a nugget the Lord dropped in on me. <clears throat> now, this is sure contrary to popular political correctness. Just because you choose to not believe something does not in any way make it so, uh, not so. Do you understand that? You can say, well, I don't agree with that. That has nothing to do with whether it's truth or not. That's your opinion and you're entitled to that, but there's a consequence for what you believe. I don't believe in hell. It's your privilege. Do you know I didn't bring it with me? I should have. I was reading this week an article, <laughs> and it said something like, don't quote me on this, 54% of, quote, Christians don't believe in a literal hell. Do you know what? That doesn't turn the degree down one degree. I mean, it's all right not to believe in hell. That's your privilege. But guess what? Doesn't change the reality. You know, we're not talking about idle conversation. We're talking about saying what God says. We're talking about speaking the word. We're talking about what's God, God's opinion about that. See, this is a total revolutionary thinking for many of us. We need to guard our tongue. We need to guard our mouth. We need to be careful what we speak. We need to be careful. How many children have been damaged because, because a well-meaning parent trying to motivate to, <coughs> excuse me, trying to motivate a child said, <coughs> "Well, you can't do anything right." How many children grew up thinking they couldn't do anything right? How about, well, you just fat and ugly? How many people grew up insecure about that? How many people are struggling today because of words that were spoken over them growing up? You know that's the truth. And you know now looking back, you weren't that kind of person, but somebody spoke it over you, and so it's affected your life. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Save that which is good for the moment, for the edifying of those that's going to hear it. We've got to do that. Now, let's hurry. I want to finish up quickly. Oh, I got 15 minutes, and then I'd be on time. This is the only job I know that they cut your wages if you go too long. <laughs> you, you, work, you work overtime, and they cut your pay. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, my brother-in-law worked for Halliburton one time, and he was on a sliding pay scale. The more hours he worked, the less an hour he made. So go figure that out. All right, here it is. Now I'm going to show you that your words stayed your world. Now I can't change the way you talk. Fact of it is, you can hardly change the way you talk because most of us talk out of our head. I mean, by that, we just got a habit of saying something. We just respond in a certain way. It's kind of like, you know, when Jim Giles is reading the evening paper. And Renee's trying to tell him something, and he says, yes, dear, yes, dear. And then she says, what did I say? Uh, you talk too much. You oh. All right, here it is. Y'all ready? Let not many of you become teachers. 
because they, teachers, shall incur a stricter judgment. Now, why is that? Because a teacher leads people down a path. A teacher gives instruction. A teacher hopefully holds some level of respect and admiration by students or her students. So understand this, the greater you're influencing, the greater the importance of what it is that you say in the midst of that. Now here it is, verse 2. For we all stumble in many ways. Now if you look, I'm not praying when I look up, I'm reading off the back screen. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, if anyone does not stumble in what he says, sounds like words, doesn't it? Notice this. He is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. I didn't say that, church. The Word of God said that if I can control what comes out of my mouth, that it puts me in a position to control my whole body. Say what? I just thought I was just talking. Look at verse 3. Now if we put the bits into the horse's mouth so that they may obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Do we not? Is that not how a horse works? I'm not a horseman, but now look at this verse. Behold, the ships also, though they are great, so great, are driven by strong winds and still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So, you know, a little bitty rudder on a boat, great big boat, little bitty rudder, turn the rudder, boat turns. Relax, turns that away if you turn the rudder. This one. You, you understand what he said? You got the principle here. That, that a little thing is controlling a bigger thing. So, also, verse 4, verse 5, it's awfully little back there. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. Behold, how great a forest is set afire, aflame by such a small fire. And here it is. The tongue is a fire. The very world of iniquity, the tongue is set among our members as that which defiles what? The entire body and sets on fire the what? What sets on fire the course of my life? The words that I speak. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just here to tell you that your proclamation is just as important as your association. Just as important as your information. Who you hang with is important. What you watch and what you hear is important. But what you say is equally important. And I just pray this, Lord, help us learn. James says, Let no one that but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless, evil, and full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord. And this, <laughs> you might remind your Facebook friends, with it we bless our Lord and Father and we curse men who have been made in the what? Do you ever think God takes that personal? Do, 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 do you think he put his stamp on you and then somebody else calls you a low down sorry 
I believe God might say, now wait just a minute. He's got my stamp on him. But why would you even want to put yourself in a position where people would think that? It's important, ladies and gentlemen. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be that way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives? Or a vine produce figs? Neither can salt water produce fresh? You understand what he's saying? You have the image of God. He stamped you when he made you. He said, he's made like me. She's made like me. I have the ability to create a world by the words that I speak. I have the ability to make a choice whether I do or don't. I have the ability and the authority to say, no, I don't have to go there. I don't have to do that. I don't have to say that. I don't have to be that way. You have the authority. Now, every journey begins with one step, okay? Now, I'm going to ask you to take a step. We talked about Job out of Job 31 verse, excuse me, verse 1. Said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then should I gaze at a virgin? You remember I shared with you out of the living Bible. It said, how can I undress a a woman with my eyes? I'm going to ask you to make a covenant this morning about your associations, your information, and your declaration. I'm going to ask you to take a serious look at who you hang with, what you expose your ears and eyes to, and what it is that comes out of your mouth. I'm going to ask you to do that. I'm going to ask you this morning to draw a line and discipline your soul. Now let me say this. You can do that. How do I know you can do that? Because there's a Holy Spirit of God that dwells within you. And if you'll go back and read the creation story of what you'll say is that the earth was void and without form. There was corruption. There was nothingness. There was hopelessness. And hear carefully what the word said. And the spirit of the Lord hovered over the earth. You got a spirit of God hovering over you. You are not in this thing alone. You don't have to say no to bad associations. You don't have to say no to things that you ought not hear and see. You don't have to say no to the words of your mouth by yourself. You have inside of you a dwelling Holy Spirit that we have just learned in our home groups that is sent to help us become what we need to be. It is not you against the world. It's not you against the system. It's you and the Holy Ghost. I want you to draw a line. I want you to begin to discipline. I want you to draw a line and set a limit. This is what I'm asking you to do, church. I'm asking you to set a limit and say, I will not go past this point. Bottom line. You see, to make no declaration is to make a declaration. To do nothing is to do something. So I'm asking you to do something positively. I'm asking you to declare today, I will set a limit. There's some things I won't watch. There's some things I won't hear. There's some people I won't be with. And there's some things I sure won't say. 
See, now you have to make that declaration. You have to do that. Secondly, I'm going to ask you to draw a line of dependence on God. I want you to admit up front, I can't do this on my own. You know why? Because cussing's a habit. And other things that we do with our eyes. Other things that we hear. For heaven's sake, stop and look and listen at what you're listening to. You know, I know video games are a big thing. And it seems like the more gory, the bloodier, the better people like them. The more people they can kill, the better. Think with me, please. Is that not desensitizing you to blood, guts, and death? Does that not do something on the inside of you when you see that? Sure it does. Does that not grieve the Spirit of God within you? See, I'm talking about holiness. That's a dirty word in the church. I'm talking about a life set apart for the purpose of God's kingdom. I'm talking about an individual who stands out in the crowd, not because of how naked they are, how filthy mouth they are, but how much like Jesus they show forth. Because that's who we're created in the image of. People ought to see what in us. If we call ourselves believers, we call ourselves Christians, guess what? They ought to see the image of Christ on our life. Well, I can't, I know you can't do that. That's what I'm telling you. Admit it up front. You can't do it. But the Holy Spirit can in the midst of that. Draw a line of confidence. With my words, I declare my goals. I don't know where you are. Well, Brother Jim, who was you thinking about when you preached that? Listen, trust me. You don't hold that much importance in my life. I don't sit around and think about all the bad stuff you do so I can preach on Sunday. Fact of it is, most of you rarely cross my mind all week long. Now, I'm just being honest with you. Why is that? Well, I got other stuff to think about. No, I'm, I'm not being cruel. I'm just being honest. I mean, the reality is, is, is we all got stuff we have to do every week. Now, thank God for the Holy Ghost. So he brings Derek up every once in a while and said, Call that new job forth for him. Dr. Barry, God, ask him, give him strength. Give him wisdom as he seeks to serve his patients. Pastor Noe, pray for him almost every single day because he's got a hard job. You see what I'm saying? It, it's not that I just zero in on your wrongdoing. Well, I've been reading Facebook and James Brazil said something on Facebook. That... No, 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 no. We don't do that. That's not how it works. I just want you to be aware of that. Now look at Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. What are you hoping for? Ask God to give you a conviction for it. If, if, if there's something that needs to change in your life and the Holy Spirit has spoken to you in the midst of, uh, of this message, then say, Lord, I need some help in, I need some help with this. You know, I see a lot of people now that, that are getting off of Facebook because they're saying it's just not good for me. It just causes me to think about things I don't need to think about. It causes me to judge people I don't need to judge. Because I don't know 
what you're thinking when you said that in the midst of that. So let's get some, the fundamental fact, I love the message Bible here in Hebrews 11.1, 1, said the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes our life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. Wow. The point is, before you trust, you have to listen unless a Christ's word is preached. There is nothing to listen to. Can I say this? The word of God is always available to you in the midst of that. Read it and let it go. Amen. Hallelujah. Speak to it. Well, I guess it's time to quit. They turned me off. No. <laughs> well, hallelujah. Well, anyways, that's a good place to stop. What am I saying? I'm just saying, guard yourself. These are perilous times, church. There, there is an enemy. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and, and you know, he don't have to make you a prostitute. You, you don't have to be sold off into sex slaves. You, you, you don't have to become a bank robber or an embezzler. Listen, if he can just lead you a little bit every day or two, or every week or two, every year or two, the first thing you'll know, you'll be 10 miles from where God wants you to be. Judge your associations, judge your observations, judge your hearing. What am I hearing? What am I listening to? You know, if you were to talk to my wife, you know what she'd tell you? I can't listen to country, less country western music. Why is that, honey? Because it stirs up something on the inside of me that don't need to be stirred up. And I'm not talking about that country music about where they stole your pickup truck and your dog got run over and your wife left you for the third time. You know that kind of country music. But even that's bad enough. Could you just agree with me this? That stuff gets in you when it's around you. You know that's true. You <laughs> If you ever work construction, you know that's true. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I mean, you can hear more cussing on a construction job in one day than I hear a month. And you know what? It just has a way of creeping in and sneaking out. I'm just saying be cautious, be aware. Be vigilant. This is what your Bible says. Be vigilant. Be sober. Your adversary, like the devil, is seeking, like a lion, the devil is seeking someone to devour. You got any teeth prints on your backside? That may have been the lion nipping at your heel. A little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. Now here's what I'm going to ask you to do before we close. I've asked you to make a covenant 
And I'm going to ask you this. If you'll just simply say, Brother Jim, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to make a covenant with my soul. I'm going to set some limits. I'm going to establish some things. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.